0: Welcome, listeners, back to the Sandalanch podcast. I am Dak, and we are reading Elantris, chapters 54 and 60. With me, as always, is... Dita?
1: Oh, that's me. My bad. Joe! <laughs>
2: and Jamie.
0: <laughs> Please keep that in.
1: So, yeah, in these
0: chapters, shit goes down. I feel like this is this is the point where everything we've been waiting for to explode finally does. Lots of big stuff happens right off the bat. Telri and Iandell kill each other. Raiden and Serene are having a nice time together, and then they they see that uh, the king is dead, so they quickly rush through uh, Coronation. Raiden gets outed as an Elantrian, but people decide to back him anyway. And then Dillaf uh, turns out, indeed, as we suspected to be from Darkhall Monastery. Not just that, he's also the boss, uh, and he's brought all his goons in. They throw an uprising. They kidnap Raiden, use him to kidnap Serene, stab Raiden through the stomach, and then it turns out that they head, they head off to Teo to, you know, blackmail Aventio and kill him. And uh, and Dilath is just going to run roughshod over all of Te- of Teo and, Ar- and Aralon. They're just like, no, nah, we're just going to kill them all. And that's, and that's how it's all going to be. And absolutely the biggest thing that happened this week is we found out that Keen is, in fact, Dreok fucking Crushthroat. What the hell? Anyway. <laughs> Buckle up because the sandalanch has really started.
2: Yeah,
3: so, okay, first off. Dax said 54 and 60. It's 54 through 60, so 54 and 60 inclusive is the chapters that we read.
1: Is that what I said? Oh, <laughs> yeah, dear God. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I, you were you were on a roll. I didn't want to stop you. Right, yeah, yeah. you didn't want to jump in there. So, oh, yeah. dear God. In okay. case there was
3: any confusion about that, which I really doubt that anyone would be confused about that. There you go.
0: Yes, so, yes, we read chapter 54, skipped a whole bunch, and then <laughs> got to 60.
3: That I was like, really unfortunate, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was very jarring. <laughs> It's so, like, man, what did I miss? Everything. Every, yeah.
3: Well, because, yeah, we're now in the in the section of the book where things are happening, as Dax said. So even one chapter skipped here might be a little rough. Maybe you could get yeah. away with skipping like Corathan's chapter. I don't
0: know. Uh, like probably the easiest one to skip would be the one where it's just it's Rain and Serene on the t- on the top of the building. They're having a lovely mm. chat and then it ends with them finding out Telri and Del are dead. Yeah. But like, that's true. The next the next chapter covers that, so you could get away with that, but you probably shouldn't because it was a really lovely chapter.
3: And then you wouldn't know she got her hair back.
0: So yeah, that's super important.
3: Um anyway, what did you guys think of these seven chapters this week?
0: Oh yeah, no. Loved them. So much shit going on. Like I, again, I feel I like I've said before, I feel like I've been waiting for stuff to happen and every time I think it's about to start, it sort of flips back. This is the point where, no, it's all happening and they're playing for keeps, which is a lot of fun. It's nice to get confirmation on a few things, like Diloph, like his his real identity, his real agenda. feel like it's kind of a cheat that, oh, we're just going to start everything a month early. That deadline was a load of bullshit.
3: I know, right? Uh, that, that's like, hey, that's freaking, freaking Viking Pope, am I right? Like, just jumping the gun. Viking Pope's a welcher.
0: Yeah, no, but like, everything happened, like... As as I said, like we had a really lovely moment between uh, Raiden and Serene before shit went to hell, which was really nice. Uh, her declaring support for him publicly in front of everyone, despite him being an Elantrian, was incredible. Like that was a really powerful moment. Yeah, no, like on the whole, I thought this this was this was my favorite read of the book so far, probably because everything happened. I've been waiting so long for it to happen, so it felt so satisfying that it's now it's everything everything's coming out. But uh, yeah, on the whole, loved him.
1: Yeah, um, so I'm I have a different opinion. Big <laughs> I really liked the last section we read. This section, uh, I was just like, ah, oh, jeez, ah, oh, jeez, oh man, ah, oh, gosh, ah, oh, darn. Uh, yeah, not not a big fan of these chapters. You know, I know. I know when you're reading something, everything's kind of got to go to shit before it gets better. But I feel like this is so abruptly going to shit that it's like. I, I don't know. It just seems uh, not great. A lot of cool things did happen, but I think I enjoyed the previous chapters much more. Plus, I and again, we we may be in the last section of the book. We may be getting to see what I want, but at this point, it's like we just got the magic going. Like it just it just started working, and now everything's gone to crap. So it's not super fun for me to see the characters like. You know, they they culminating in this moment of like victory and they're like, oh, no, victory's gone. We'll have it back, I'm sure, by the end of the book. But, it, it, you know, everything these people worked very have been working towards very hard for it. It's kind of slipping through their fingers at this point. And so it just kind of sucks to be uh, to be honest. I, mean, I enjoy it. So, uh, again, we're about to finish the book. Surely good will win. But, you know, who knows? Maybe not. Brandon's a weird guy. So we'll see. <laughs>
3: Uh yeah, is just gonna be king of the world or something at the end. He'll kill Viking Pope and take over. Sure. We did get an interesting look at uh what we talked about before, like Dilov's personal motivation. Uh
1: yeah. That Which was I, cool. I, I, that's a story yeah, that was, that's told for, by somebody else, isn't it? Like Galadon tells that story at at one point in the book. No,
3: Rowden found it in a book about like when Aeons go wrong, basically. Ah,
1: uh, okay. Yeah.
3: Um
2: yeah, I really liked this set of chapters. I am a sucker for when we start getting all the the different viewpoints and things are happening really rapidly. I liked the short snippety bits and I was like, oh, what's happening here? What's happening here? Oh my God. Oh my God. So I, I really enjoy the, the way that was written. I do agree things are a bit abrupt and I have a lot more questions now. I guess you know as we're wrapping up a story, I feel like things should be coming into place. And now we've just we've had a whole new magic system introduced as well. It's just – and you can basically teleport to where you want to go in this one. It's like, whoa, okay. So, yeah, just it, things there's, – there's some new stuff that I didn't expect to be thrown in right now, but I did really like uh, – I guess – I do like that there's some more challenges. I think um, we lost a few more people than I was expecting to lose right now. You really don't want to be king in this place, do you? It's a bit like musical chairs. All of a sudden you're playing again. Yeah, and you're gone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do next there. Crushed throat. Man, wow. I mean, crushed throat. Also, we need to come back to that book because now you've thrown that out there. <laughs> I need to know more about what's happened here for realsies this time. And I'm kind of pleased we've ended up in T.O. There's not a lot of book left to resolve a lot of things. And... I guess I was right about red and ending up in the, in the, the lake. I think it was by accident. <laughs> I'm very interested to see what happens next there, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I love this point of the book where it's just like, bang, bang, bang. Things are happening. I'm really keen to keep reading. <laughs> I want to finish this thing. Yeah.
3: We're so close. It's hard to not want to just be like, I'm just, I am I want to read these last three chapters and epilogues. That's, that's all we got left is three chapters and an epilogue. So, okay. I guess let's, uh, let's get into these, these seven whole chapters that we got this time. I like how we just we got one chapter from the end of uh, part two of the book and then it jumps to part three. But I thought that uh, the spot that it stopped in that we're, where we stop at the end of this, that that was a nice little cliffhanger to end on. So that was so we start out with and being like, I'm sorry, he did what when he hears that Telri had royal executed?
2: Doesn't that seem like so long ago now? So much has happened. <laughs>
3: and for us, it was just yesterday. So it was like yesterday, we're sitting here like, this is so sad. It's like, I'm going to cry about Royal being dead. And now it's like, man, that was forever ago. Who cares about that guy anymore?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like 24
2: hours ago. I didn't say that. <laughs> we care about Royal.
1: Just a moment oh.
0: of uh, that, that that moment in The Rock where like uh, Nicolas Cage's girlfriend says, like, you didn't mean what you just said, did you? And it's like I meant it at the time. At the time, you said it seven and a half seconds ago. Well, kind of a lot's
2: happened since then. <laughs> it's like been an eventful seven and a half seconds. You miss uh, Nick Cage's? Well, gosh, <laughs> kind of a lot's happened. Since. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. Yeah, Man, I'm a massive Nick rock. Cage
0: fan. I'm a massive Nick Cage fan, and my wife just out
1: caged me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna quote the cage, you, you know, you gotta do it. You know what I'm saying? I just like <laughs> Why don't you he's, cut he, me it, some freaking slack
3: he's like it's like that's that part in the rock and for some reason of course the only thing i can think of is welcome to the rock and i was like it's not like that part at all i don't
0: know <laughs> it is not like that <laughs> <in
3: the
1: slightest.
0: laughs> that's how the book ends sean connery shows up welcome yep. to the rock i don't i don't know which character he'll play like no actually i do he's the rose barbarian the chieftain yeah sure. he could be keen or not?
3: Yeah, yeah, he, he could be keen. He's kind of old. Uh, he or well, if he wasn't dead, he would be kind of old for keen still. But... <laughs> or royal. Royal's old, dude.
0: Yeah, but royal was described as an unattractive man. And true. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: Well, well, he's. Uh, this is in poor taste, but you know he could be an Elantrian because he's dead now.
3: <laughs> okay. Ow. Marish. Marish, that would be crazy. I don't know why. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that way. was a real
1: bummer when they described how each of their friends was like oh, basically yeah ma- like yeah just, ugh.
0: yeah no you're uh, right that's messed up
1: it was but uh that said
0: like i'm at least glad we got that moment there was a moment earlier in the book where it's like Galladon said oh yeah like me and karata came back and we found everyone dead so we ran away i'm like is that seriously all the acknowledgement you're going to give of all the characters we've gotten attached to from that group and like so i'm glad they sort of went back and covered off like these are the people we lost as horrific as it was, it was nice to get that acknowledgement. Yeah, that's true. Get get some something about them. Yeah, I was worried that they were just gonna like just breeze over them. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. We're attached to these people now. Breeze over them? Wrong book, Deck.
1: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Pick hey, I nearly si-
0: I nearly said they were going to basically do a dachshund and just have them die unceremoniously and go unmourned. So, oh, dox. I mean, but so no
3: like- H- 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 sitting here and he's like. At first, he's uh, he's unhappy about this, and he's like, well, actually, once he finds out the, cir- the circumstance, he's like, oh, actually, this was... Tellery got lucky. This was a perfect... Op- like, Royal's supposed to be a really crafty guy. Catching him was just amazingly propitious, is how he puts it, which... Uh, there's a word you don't get to use very
0: often. Uh, but, Brandon's got those word-a-day calendars, and he's like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm keeping this one.
3: Exactly.
2: So <laughs> he writes his book. How am I going to put this word in today?
3: But he's... he's uh, Routin's runs all... or not Routin, sorry. Praethen is also, like... He thinks that Serene has gotten a Rowden lookalike, basically, so that she could get her puppet on the throne. And he's like, "That was a great, like, she works fast, <laughs> like she's so yeah, good, so
1: quick. <laughs> How'd she get this lookalike so quick?"
3: But uh, he he's gonna go off and try to talk to Tellery. But when he gets there, the guards will not let him in. And he he's standing there with the two guards outside the door, and he keeps being like, "Hey, see the king will see me yet?" And the guards like, Ugh, "Fine." And then uh, one time the guard comes back and it's not the same guy. And the guy who comes out pulls out a sword and kills the other guy who's standing guard. And suddenly there's sounds of sword fighting going on and men screaming and like, oh, shit. Of course, there's a battle on the one night I left my armor behind. It is what happens. You don't wear your armor, dude. I Wait, was expecting him to he get injured.
2: Not wear his I don't. Yeah.
3: Like, I I think we have rarely seen him without his armor before. Doesn't he wear it to go to potties? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the only time he de- we've seen him without it regularly is when he's at the at the, the chapel, call it. the chapel. yeah.
3: And when he was in Elantris, obviously. But. Right, yeah.
2: Like, you're going to go meet the king. Surely you wear your finery <laughs> to go and right? meet the king, right? Yeah. Even though he doesn't rate the king very highly.
3: I feel like he'd want to be intimidating going in to see the king at this yeah. point, so he'd be wearing it. But maybe he was in such a hurry to get here when he heard about this murder
0: in the middle of the night that uh, he left it behind. It's just a sign of how, like... How annoyed he is at it, Tilri is like, I'm not bothering with the armor anymore, man. You get to see me in my red bathrobe.
3: <laughs> I don't know why it bothers me. But when he walks in, it says the tapestries were in flames. And I'm like, well, who stopped in the middle of a fight to light fire <laughs> to the tapestries? That's just rude.
2: Makes more dramatic. It's like
3: that fight. Scene.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, it's like that scene from uh, The Last Jedi. It's just like, you know, suddenly, all of a sudden, this giant red curtain thing's going up in smoke. <laughs> yeah.
3: For some reason, you were like, it's like that scene from, and I, I, I my mind immediately went to the Princess Bride, and I'm like, where, he says, my name is Inigo Montoya? Is no, it's not it's like nothing that at like, all. like that scene. <laughs> I no. keep doing that.
1: I, I, I described a scene that makes complete sense. You thought of a scene that doesn't make any sense. You thought of a scene that doesn't make sense in a movie that no one mentioned. How did you get there?
3: I don't know. I, I mean, they're fighting in a castle.
1: I think was sure. I of there. unusual size.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, sure. But by that logic, I could have I could have just gone straight to Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Also good.
1: you could have said like Dave Chappelle, like da- like yeah. dancing in front of like break dancing. You yeah, could have been the same <laughs> thing, right? That's like, exactly right, bro
0: You and me. is Raythe, walking th- walking <laughs> through with a hot dog, and one of the swords accidentally stares at him. He's like, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs>
3: Not Abe Lincoln. Hey, Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, apparently Eondel has brought his his boys to get revenge for royal. And Grayson's coming in. It's like, I got to get the king out of here. Which I think, I mean, I get it that he p- put a lot of work into getting this guy on the throne. And uh, but after the way Tellerie's been treating him, I might be like, you know what? Maybe I should just go find somebody else to be king who will actually uh, do what he said he was going to do.
2: Yeah, if you're having second thoughts, this would be your moment to just let it happen, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah, exactly. He, he spots the king across the room. Their eyes lock lovingly. Wait, no, that's not. Uh, <laughs> Telri is that's running. Sca- yeah, that, that's a whole different story. <laughs> Telri is running scared and Iandell's throat finds his neck and takes his head off. And then Iandell also collapses with a wound in his side. And Raiden's like, huh, all right, then I guess that's over. <laughs> that's I'll the, make
2: my exit now.
0: Yeah. I had to do a bit of a double take here because, like, we saw like just, like, two pages ago, like, kneeling at Raiden's feet, just going, hey, you're my king, and then yep. we cut to him coming in and just, like, taking Telry's head off, uh, and I and I thought to myself, like, is this actually Iandell, or has someone disguised themselves as Iandell to blame him for Telry being murdered? Because, like, I, 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 in my head, I'm just like, well, we saw Iandell pledging himself to Raiden. I don't see Raiden ordering Iandell to do this, so... And then it's like, oh, no, like, Dell just did this of his own volition, like, the simplest possible answer. But, like, there was a good moment there. I'm just like, someone is Diluff posing as Dell, and he's done this to, like, try and, you know, fuck off Wraithen a bit. That would be a bold move. Yeah. This, this oh. is just not a volcano, me seeing shit that's actually just crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
3: You know, so, says says the guy who's like, you know, maybe the pirate is the cook. <laughs>
0: Like was that me or was that Joe? I genuinely can't I don't, remember. Don't, that, was, I don't, I don't that was a long remember. time ago, and we've made it's, so yeah, many jokes about it since.
3: It's gone back and forth so much that I couldn't say. <laughs> yeah,
1: I honestly don't remember. I know me and Dak fed off of it a lot, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, any of those yeah. it so funny. It's and and it just amazes me. Like any of those, and uh, you know, Data hasn't mentioned anything about this book, but any of those people out there who think, like we're reading ahead or or something like that, like that's not happening. We're just talking, no, and we just fi- like stuff just gets figured out. It's weird.
0: Yeah, like we, like the whole like pirate like, book thing was meant yeah, was a meant to be our, our possum hunters. Yeah. It was this book's possum hunters.
1: <laughs> exactly. We were trying to make a funny joke about a dude, you know, and it just happened to be true. Who who would have thunk?
2: I gotta say though, Data, you did that very well. Just letting us think that was a uh, joke. I don't know. I don't know how you hold that in.
3: <laughs> it was it, honestly, it was hard to figure out how to come at that one because I was like, "This is funny." I mean, it's true, but it's also really funny. So I guess let's just go with it. And I don't want it to sound like I'm confirming that this is a thing, but I also, I mean, I can't just ignore this. This is great. So <laughs> uh, it's a hard line. One random note from the annotations here is that the chap the, the chapter currently ends with so much for avoiding a bloody change in power. Originally, the chapter ends with Rathan thinking to himself, "Well, this isn't good." And uh, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon's editor disagreed with that line and thought it was too cliffish. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this isn't good. This
1: is bad what's happening. Right, right guys?
0: Just, right just walks out of chapter and just goes, well, fuck sticks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ah, fiddle faddle.
3: <laughs> uh, so the editor wanted something more serious, but also didn't think that the events were actually all that bad for Raithen necessarily. So they kind of went back and forth and ended up with this line.
0: Yeah, no, I think this line works.
3: Yeah. Anyway, we get into part three, The Spirit of Elantris, which was going to be the original title of the book, if you remember, and then uh, it got relegated to a part title. And it's interesting, like, uh, the way titles can work out, because there was, like, we were talking before we were recording about Brandon just released his most recent book in the Skyward series, and it's called Cytonic. Originally, that book was called Nowhere, and most of the fans actually really liked Nowhere's title when he announced that that was, like, the working title. But his publisher was like, look, that is not a title that's going to sell well in the audience for these books. And I was thinking, like, well, this is the third book in a series, so if, if – people probably aren't jumping in on this one. And if you yeah, are already in, know what you're getting. not going to care that, what the, the book yeah. is called that much.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: But Brandon's like, look, the young adult publishing world is not as much my world as the stuff I usually do, so I listened – to my publishers they're the experts on selling these books so we changed the title to uh it's still an applicable word i just don't think it sounds as like cool as nowhere but anyway yeah, yeah. and so this this was his first book and sort of the same thing happened here where he was like i want to call it the spirit of elantris and they're like just elantris is going to work better and i think it does i think that that actually makes sense here
0: i'm just picturing like um like yeah, you know, one of those, one of those typical bosses in like all the sitcoms, the overweight dude in suspenders, he's going bald, he's chopping on a cigar, just going, it's like, look, man, if you can't Google your book, like if you can't Google the title, like mm. it's not going to work. So nowhere's not going to work.
3: That's actually a really good, I hadn't even thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cytonic definitely works better for Googling.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Spell checker on the other hand.
3: Yeah. No, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so. How
1: the fuck do you spell Cytonic?
3: We're back to Rayodin. He's thinking how weird it is to see a lantern from the outside because he's standing up on Keen's roof, Keen's fortress of a house. And we find out as we progress here that uh, it's actually even more of a fortress than he we we are aware of at this point. Because in these so this whole set of chapters, Keen is really intent on collapsing the, his entryway. Like he brings it up like three or four different times.
1: Yeah, he really really wants to do it.
3: He's like, no, well we we can hold out in here. But anyway. Also, apparently there's a secret
0: way in or out, so it's also cool, but... I've cooked enough for five years. <laughs> behold my so mighty much Tupperware Turkey. containers collection.
2: <laughs>
3: so, Round's up here trying to think about what to do, and Serene is standing there with him, and she's like, man, I should have figured it out. He's like, what do you mean? I I, I can't believe I didn't put it together. Like, I was suspicious of your disappearance from the beginning, and uh, I I but th- I thought the king, like, killed you off or exiled you or something. And I like Rodden says, oh, yeah, actually, he tried to send me away several times. I just found ways to get out of it. And she's like, in hindsight, it makes it's, it's obvious the way everything was covered up, the, the sense of embarrassment. Like, that's how people treat Elantra stuff. And I like he's like, well, Serene, it's easy to see the answer once the puzzle is solved. Uh, he's like calling her out like, yeah, you know, it's uh, not that clever.
0: Yeah, it's easy to see that Bruce Wayne is Batman when you're reading the comic, not if you're a citizen of Gotham, Serene, Jesus.
3: <laughs> and and after they did have the discussion, where she's basically bought bought into the biases that the airlines already have about interest and in the way they kind of ignore it. Like everyone else around her is doing it, it's hard for her not to kind of follow along. But she's like, "And you left me in ignorance, my own husband." He's like, "Well, I gave you a clue. Yeah, five minutes before you revealed yourself, it's true. It, <laughs> it was not very long." Yeah. And then we get the discussion that we've been talking about forever, where he's like. I'm not technically your husband. I mean, or it's disputable at least because the contract says the marriage is binding. If we die, I didn't die. They're they're kind of the same thing, but the contract words were specific. So and like, she's like, wait a second. Is he trying to get out out of this now? Cause I actually like him and that's, this is bad. He's like, no, no, I'm not trying to, it's just, we need to make it formal so that everyone is comfortable with where things are. And she goes, yeah, I've been engaged twice in the last two months and I never got a wedding. So we need to do that thing. That's fair. I mean, she she got the beginning of a wedding this last time. It just went super bad. <laughs> he's looking out at the market, and they from the previous Raythan chapter, the he's been dropping these hints about this market where it's like, yeah, these, you know, all the there were so much fjordal colors and merchants in the market, and Fraythan has his reasons why, oh well, obviously they had to come. And here he's looking out thinking like A lot of the merchants have cut their losses and moved on, but a surprising number have stayed, and we find out in a minute that that's because they're not merchants. They are – the decor monks have shown up, and they're hiding out there in the market, and they start to talk about Royal. It's like, man, he was such a good guy. He was like a wily old grandfather, and he almost became my husband. And Ron's like, I still can't believe that. I mean, you were seriously going to marry him?
2: They had their reasons.
3: yeah. And he says that he sent Galadon back to start teaching everyone Aeon Door so that, you know, they can use the Aeons if they need to to protect themselves. Although I don't know if they know any good, like particularly good ones that work well for protecting themselves. The fire thing would have been awesome if it could work again. But apparently it doesn't generate too much heat anymore after that first time. And we find out that last night Raoden stayed up all night memorizing healing modifiers so that the next time somebody gets hurt, he's going to be able to help them. He doesn't know them all. He says it would take months of memorizing to get every single one, but he's, he's he intends to get there. Every organ, muscle, and bone, he's going to figure out the specific modifiers to target.
2: It's like trying to cram a medical degree into a month.
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> Magical medical degree. Yeah. Yes. But he, he does do something for Serene here. Where he sa- it says it wasn't a complex Aeon. It only required a target and a length of time that the target mm-hmm. would be affected. So basically, he can... I like guess artificially age anything that's kind of a
0: neat thing to be able to do
3: beyond hair growing.
2: Mm.
0: One of my favorite things in like the latest line of X-Men comics is there's someone who can do that. Uh, just like control the flow of time around certain objects. And so oh. one of the guys says, Hey, I've got a private whiskey collection here. Age it all 50 years for me.
3: Or <laughs> <laughs> are they in bottles?
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. Cause you don't age whiskey in bottles. You age it in the barrel. That's why it gets the good flavor. Yeah, the, yeah the,
0: the woodsy musk. <laughs> yeah, but Sebastian Shaw's not a smart man. He's just like, oh, I can a- I can age my whiskey? Great. But he grows out
3: Shireen's hair for her again, all the way down to her middle back. And she's like, oh my gosh, you have no idea how amazing this is. And we talked, like Jamie talked about before, like, this is a thing. Like That was going to be a whole lot of time for her to grow back. And it was very yeah. sad.
2: Especially to your middle back. Yeah. That's a long time to grow your hair. Ugh.
3: I'm sitting here like, so did he just target her hair to age, or has she now aged an extra like year and a half or however long? Pretty mad. (laughs) Surely,
1: surely, just her scalp did. She's gonna go prematurely gray like a year in advance
0: or something. (laughs) She, she's like, that's a very sweet thing. Why do my knees hurt all of a sudden?
3: (laughs) And Rowden explains a little bit about how he managed the illusion that Joe was wondering about yesterday, where. He has he had two illusions on, basically, and he took off the top one, and then the route and illusion was on, on the second piece of cloth. But when he takes it all off, she can now see the cut on his face, and she's like, oh, I'm, I did that, huh? I'm sorry. And he's like, hey, you're a lucky woman. You're going to have a man who can change faces at any time. You'll never get bored. Which, wow, kinky. Okay.
1: Tonight, Sean get A Connery. little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow night, Nicolas Cage. <laughs>
3: Glorious. <laughs> And he's like, are you going to be able to get used to, like, this? fit? Like, you know, I'm kind of messed up. And she's like, dude, I was going to marry Royal last week, and he's, uh, he was a very nice man, but so incredibly homely that Rocks looked handsome when he stood next to them. Ow, that's – he just died last night, dude. He's <laughs> not even cold. That's, that's harsh. And then they look out, and she's like, what are they doing? And there's people over there, and I, I like – he kind of leans forward or bumps against her and she hates being up high. She, says she locks a death grip on his shoulder, biting fingers, biting into his flesh, which, ow, there's some more bruises that'll never go away, but I'm not afraid of heights. I just get dizzy. Okay. But Rajan has another little trick. He can create some air binoculars basically. So they can see what's going on over there. And the lat they, they spot soldiers lining up some corpses on some sheets and the last two in line, they recognize as Iandel and Telri, and that's the end of that chapter. So I guess we ne- they needed a way for them to find out, basically, what happened, since everyone who could have told them was dead. Unless Wraithan's going to march up and be like, oh, hey, but guys, by the way, did you know that uh, Iandel and tellery are dead? Just thought you wanted to know.
0: Wraithan's delivering newspapers.
3: Yeah, right. The Viking Times. But I guess Aish has the information, because that's what we cut to next in Serene's chapter, is... Ace explaining that Iandell attacked last night. And really, we have cut down the group pretty quick. It says the remaining members of the group, Keen, Lucal, and Shuden, were gathered atop the house watching as Raiden focused his spyglass on the funeral pyres. Yeah, we lost Royal, we lost Iandell. They probably don't want a Han in their club anymore.
1: (laughs) I was about to say, he's not not invited to the clubhouse anymore. What what do they do with him? I'm just looking back over that. I don't think anything is said that happens to him, I think. He's just sad Royal's dead, and then that's the last thing you hear about him. Yeah.
3: I imagine like, King, King just, like, turned him towards the door and kicked him in the ass, <laughs> knocked sure. him outside.
1: It's like, stay out. Well, and it says, uh, later it says that his, well, no, it does say later, doesn't it? Because it says that uh, once his face is sad because his fiancée disappeared.
0: Yep, Tarina. Well, it says Tarina's disappeared. It just says the future father-in-law turned out to be a traitor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, so didn't They, they say... all,
1: like, hightailed it out of town, like, the whole family.
0: Shuden yeah. is it's not just, having a good day. It's, it's, it's that part. But yeah, like the the pre, the previous chapters, like the last you see of him is literally like blubbering next to Royal's body. Yep. So it's like, so did he just awkwardly leave after Royal died? He's like, I'll, I'll just see myself out. Or did Keen put it, did Keen turn him into a stew?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it could happen. I don't, yeah. I think that if they'd done something to him, it would have mentioned it here.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I'm confused. I'm just like, it doesn't say anything at all. Yeah. yeah his throat didn't get crushed unfortunately <laughs> that we know of right
3: but yeah like Shuden's best friend was dell and he's gone now and his his fiance or girlfriend i guess fiance disappeared uh, has disappeared so it's just not a great day for Shuden. not a great day for any of them but uh, he's just, he's sad and then they have a whole discussion where rowden is basically like no Iandel fucked us over like he shouldn't have done what he did and everyone else is trying to him. i'm like hey Look, he he had good reasons for what he did. And it's, it's interesting because this is this section where the two of them are disagreeing for kind of the first time in since, you know, they're, they're a couple now, uh, Serene and Rowden. But she has the thing where she's like, no, I get it. Rowden is acting like a king. He has to look at it that way. And so they watch the soldiers burn the bodies and then a bunch of the city guard start walking towards them. And Keen's like, oh, shit, this could be bad. And Rounds like, or it could be good. And Keen's like, no, no, we should collapse the entryway. Let them try to break down my door with a ton of stone behind it. And Round's like, well, trapping us inside won't do any good. I want to meet with them. And Keen's like, well, there's other ways out. Still, wait for my command to collapse your entryway, Keen. That's an order. And Keen's like, uh, no, I don't take orders. I will do it because I trust you. But my son may call you king, but I accept the rule of no man.
1: Oop, Pirate
0: total pirate (laughs) move yep yes with the benefit of hindsight
3: yeah well and really it it does kind of explain this this thing or his his opinion on being ruled kind of explains his determination not to take like a noble title from uh from iodon all those years because he was all rich and he should have been nobility but he refused and now it's like oh i get it if you accept a title from him then you're acknowledging that he's your king right and uh, Keen's like, no, not doing that. Yeah.
0: Also, you know, like Baron does sound like a cool title, but Captain sounds way better. <laughs> Captain Crushthroat. <laughs> I move
3: for no man. And like serene surprise, it's like usually he's very jovial, like a happy circus bear, but now his <laughs> face is flat and grim, like Bosco. Yeah, yeah. Sure, certainly. I mean platypus bear. It just it says, says bear. bear. <laughs> weird
1: uh, yeah just the confusion in that scene with them <laughs> that, was, that was that was great yeah
3: but but then the king's daughter eats his bear later it's messed up Eey. anyway um <laughs> that's that's a avatar the last airbender slash legend of korra uh set of references for anyone who's not familiar
0: you should watch those shows they're great
3: they are excellent shows yeah
1: if you're not familiar with those references either watch the show or stop listening to the podcast <laughs> don't preferably don't to the Joe.
0: first Mm. Either watch those shows, or we'll crush your throat. <laughs> wow. Okay. Just watch um, shows.
1: <laughs> the only podcast, really The Sanderland, The only podcast that'll crush your throat if you don't watch the TV they say you should watch. Oh, no no. Uh,
3: the views of Joe do not necessarily represent the views of the Sandlerland podcast and its affiliates.
1: I mean, they represent twenty-five percent. <laughs> We are the affiliates.
3: Yeah, I know, right? That's yeah. what was, that's what I was thinking. But
1: <laughs> in the business world twenty five percent makes me an official beneficial owner.
3: If you say so, I don't you you would know more about that than I. No, um, I'm gonna have to, you're gonna have to cut that
1: out. I don't know nothing about business. <laughs> <laughs> the,
3: the, the soldiers are like, Hey, we hear that the the Lord Rowden, the crown prince of Aralon, is still alive and that he might be here. Um if if that's true, then we need a king, please
2: those
1: rumors spread fast <laughs> we heard you guys had a king maybe you know just <laughs> hanging around and be wondering
2: funny.
1: yeah could could we like could we borrow a cup of king can, <laughs> can the can the king come out and play today or is he grounded or
3: See, this is what rowden meant when he's like maybe this will be good it's like this is what we want okay good and yeah. he's like send messengers to all the nobility i'm gonna hold my coronation
0: within the hour it's like well the rumors have already been spread and i'm convinced it's like the, it's the seons doing it we joked earlier it's like ian like was behind it but aish like had to go oh what happened to those guys i'll go find out so aish has gone found out what happened to iandale and tell and just sort of said to people it's like oh man it sucks if only there was another king oh wait there is one <laughs> yeah yeah he's over in king's house you might want to look into that see ya well, yeah. had a
3: bunch of soldiers with him when he showed up and, uh, it's true. Royal. So I assume that those, when those guys find out that Rowden's alive, that's going to be the topic of conversation. I
1: don't have a they're high
0: like, opinion oh, yeah. of, the, of the, uh, the arrow on soldiers.
1: Yeah. They were true. probably like in the middle of eating and be like, man, what are we going to do? And one guy was like, Oh, Hey, I, I think I have an idea. Now, like, what are you, t- what are you talking about? You're like, well, I was hanging out with Tellery the other night. We killed some guy and, um. Some happened. It was weird. It was like this guy. He looked kind of like Iodon's son. He's like he said he was the king. And wait, you're talking about Prince Rowden? He's alive? Yeah, yeah, that guy. That's yeah. <laughs> That's the name they yeah. said. He's uh he's over keen, 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 kind. Uh, you know the <laughs> big dude who looks like a scary pirate. He's over <laughs> that guy.
3: Or or a circus bear. One or the
2: other. <laughs> You know, old a happy boy. circus bear yeah. pirate. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, bad. if you had like a a big pirate dude and uh he he got he hooked up with like a big circus bear and they had a baby, like that's what this guy looks like. Except he's not a baby, right? He's all grown up. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: the guys, uh, all the gods are throwing on their armor. It's like,
1: goddamn oh, it, Oswald, why did you bring this up, Suda? I mean, I don't know, man. I was really
0: high. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. We're actually okay. we're actually trying to stab the guy to the side just you know, cause that's how it proves he's innocent, but I accidentally got him
1: yeah. instead. Right. We put we were supposed to put a blindfold on and swing the axe, but <laughs> we,
2: just,
1: we just stabbed him in the belly, so it didn't really work out the way we didn't we even were bring supposed the axe. to do it. Yeah. I didn't yeah, I just had a sword.
2: I heard the pirate had an axe.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy, yeah, he had an axe. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It sounded like the baby was laughing at Joe that time. Yep.
2: She was definitely laughing. It wasn't at Joe. (laughs) Mm. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm not that funny. (laughs) Making babies cry since 1989.
3: Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay. so we cut to route and just come into the throne room. Like, we're cutting straight to his coronation, which I guess was within the hour, so it's not really that long a cut. But Serena's standing up there with the, the patriarch of the Karathi religion. That dude's still around. Uh, zap brannigan pope or whatever we decided he was and uh it's like had only <laughs> i love just how shocked
1: him. he is yeah. when <laughs> i love how shocked he is here in a minute
3: but yeah but uh, it's, it's this route uh, serene description of him had been accurate long golden hair and a smile that claimed to know things it didn't a self-important air were his most <laughs> striking features
1: can you imagine being this guy and like you come to you come to k and the two like official events you preside over both of them have Elantrians in them, and you're just like, what the fuck?
3: No, he didn't what? get to preside over her wedding. Like he w- he was upset because he was not invited. to. Oh, him.
1: that's he was right. Yeah, his Father Olm. He's there. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, he's like, man, shit's whack here. Everybody's turning into Elantrians.
0: Yeah, I need, I need to get out of here. <laughs> he looks down at his joint and just like, I really got to stop taking these.
3: <laughs> well, his hair is so pretty that he doesn't want to risk losing it, so he needs to get out
0: of out of dodge.
2: Well, he could be the next. He could be the next Elantrian, and that would be exactly. A problem. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think he wants to wait the year and a half to grow back his hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, like um, Dilaf does say later on in all this that uh, you know, ta- like Taos can also become Elantrians. Yep. So it's just like, me- like maybe Zabranigan does become like, Taos an, an can become at some Elantrians,
3: point. but only if they're in Aerelon at the time. And I don't remember if he says it, but that is one of the
0: requirements. Okay. Well, he is there, so he is there exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like the hair doesn't fall out, and they realize it's just a toupee. <laughs> that'd be hilarious
3: so i like rowden's walking in and he's had all the nobility rush over here basically for the coronation right and most of them he's it says he recognized most of the faces many of them had supported him before his exile now most of them were simply confused because his his appearance has been extremely sudden after, as had tellry's deaths so, yeah tellry just suddenly dies and whoa hey Rowden's back rumors were widespread that Rowden had been behind the assassination, but most of the people didn't seem to care. Nobody it's liked like, Tauri,
0: so... Look, it's it's an ongoing thing and has been... Like, there was a good chunk of a decade there where, in Australian politics, the Prime Minister kept getting stabbed in the back and replaced by someone else.
2: Oh my like, god, that's what this is!
0: Yeah, that's exactly what this is. This is just Australian <laughs> politics. It's like, everyone's just everyone's just like, oh god, another one? Uh, can we just... Can this one last a term at least?
2: So Raiden's going to be the one that gets on the throne. Well, he, well, maybe not. The next one will be on the, the throne and then put in a law that you can't stab the other ones in the back. And then we'll be stuck with someone.
3: That's the secret. The, the, you, have, you have to figure that out first. Like You've to make the law after you get there.
1: It's got to be a yeah. law. Come on. You drink, our Emperor?
3: <laughs> oh, like, this sign came just in time.
1: Quit it. <laughs>
3: And so he gets up there and starts his speech, and then he feels power, like like the door, but something else, something he had not experienced before, something external. Someone else was manipulating the door. I guess, yeah, he's been the only one using magic, unless, I guess, if Galadon has managed to come up with some practice. Uh, so he doesn't know what it feels like for someone else to be using it. That's why it's kind of a surprise. He's looking around like... Mm. Who's doing that? And his eyes fall on a small red robed form, almost invisible among the noblemen. A drethi priest?
1: Yeah. So this part confused me, and we don't really I feel like we don't really get an answer for it. it- is somehow his fjordal magic also tied to the door? I don't like I don't understand hey. how he's breaking magic, but yeah, maybe, Interesting he, maybe question. they're all maybe they're all tied to the same type of magic and then you know, well, they're gonna be caught out later, and then he's gonna be like, "I hate myself" or something.
0: Well, knowing what we know, or well, what not what we know, what we suspect from secret history, and you know what we've learned about shards and everything else, and we we talked at like earlier on in the book, we suspect that uh, the shard for this system is devotion. Dillahf is a pretty devoted guy to his god, so maybe that's why he can. Uh, yeah. To that's why he has the ability to. Like deal with the power if it's all coming from like they said like originally it was all one religion and then Shu Dareth and Shu Korath split off and did other things so it could be like yeah. it's all coming it's all coming from devotion
1: yeah I'm guessing you're right because you because now that you say that it's like all of the magic and create and life itself on these planets supposedly comes from the shards power so it's not crazy to think that they're just using a different aspect of it yeah yeah. Like, you know, th- we could say the Elantrians are using Alamancy, and, and these Fjordal guys are using Hemallergy or something. Yeah. It's not quite like that, because as far as we know, there's only one shard here as opposed to two, but... Yeah, well, I think, like,
0: in something we read in Arcane Band, I think it was, like, the essay, like, they said it's really weird. Like, Skadrure was, d- was a two-shard system, all the rest of one. So I'm like, okay, well... It definitely didn't say all the rest were one, but... uh it definitely did say it's like, oh, well, this is, a,
3: you know, a special situation. There's two of them here. So, okay. It, it did not discount the possibility that there are other systems with more than one. Right. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, all, all we really know is that it, it feels very similar to Rowden, who is the only one that we know who, who could tell us really well what the door feels like. This feels the same ish from his perspective. And, uh, Rowden says, "What? What, what, is this, what is this weird dude doing? And then the mood changes, and some people faint. Several people faint immediately, but most simply stare, dumbfounded and shocked, yet somehow unsurprised. They've been beaten down so much, they expected something horrible to happen. <laughs> Rowden knows, without even having to look, that his illusion is gone. The patriarch gasps, dropping the crown as he stumbles away. But then... Uh, someone starts yelling look at him look at the man who would have been your king look at his elantrian face tell me does it really matter and it's serene she's making a whole speech it's like look for 10 years you've been ruled by a tyrant because you rejected elantris how's how how has how that gone for you basically <laughs> this is a guy who liked you does it matter if he's an elantrian like can El- an Elant- being an elantrian make him a worse king than idon or telri And she's like, I, for one, accept his rule and kneels and everyone else in the crowd starts following along. Brilliant move. Yeah. If Serene hadn't been here, like, who knows what would have happened? She did exactly the right thing at exactly the right time. It says some of them are kneeling in the stupor and others with resignation, but some, however, dared to be happy. And then Serene picks up the crown and uh, the patriarch are still stunned. So she's like, okay, I'll just do it and puts the (laughs) crown on him. And she goes, Behold your king, and people start cheering. Dilof, however, was not cheering, but hissing.
2: <laughs> I just would like I'd like to see that at some point. It was like cheering, and someone's sitting there going, <laughs> <laughs> boo, boo, like an angry cat. <laughs> It's like the <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> boo.
1: And it's like later Rain right Rowden goes up to Diloph and and uh, he's like, hey, man, heard you uh, hissing at me. He's like, well... Diloth's like, well, there were a lot of people hissing. It wasn't just me. He's like, "No, nah, man, you were the only one.
3: <laughs> I was saying Boo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and Diloth like, shoves through the crowd and runs out into the night. And Serene's... Ron's like, I can't believe that happened. And Serene's like, hey, look, ten years ago, they rejected the Lantrians and found that a man could be a monster no matter what he looked like. So... They're willing to accept a ruler because they know that he's like a, a decent dude, not because of any of the other crap. And I like Ron's like, of course, it helps when that ruler has a wife who can deliver a moving speech at the, at the right moment. She's like, yep. Yeah, that helps, too. And uh, he's still like, how did that dude use the door? How do you make my my illusion drop? This is not
0: like after all that. Serge just like, oh, you didn't drop the illusion yourself. He's like, no, why the hell would I do that?
3: <laughs> It's like if I was going to do that, we might have talked about it beforehand or something like that's not something you just decide.
1: Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to just randomly put you in a position where you had to make like a, a heartfelt speech on the jump, like, you know, randomly. That's not uh, that would not be cool.
3: <laughs> Rayodon asked to borrow Aish so he can send a message to Galadon, warn him to be ready for something. I don't know what, but I'm worried based on what just happened, which, yeah, that's fair. And then we cut to Rathan's chapter, and it's like he Hrithin watched as quote unquote Raoden. He still
0: thinks it's an impostor. Look, that's not an unreasonable assumption to make. No, yeah, you, you're right.
3: And he's just like, man, this woman is brilliant. Tellri assassinated a pretender on the throne. My plans are in serious jeopardy now. And then there's kind of an odd paragraph where he's he looks at uh, the guy and he looks at how serene looks at <laughs> Raoden, and he's kind of jealous.
1: Yeah, I feel like I kind of felt this from the beginning, got this sense that he's kind of into Sereni because she's so brilliant and able to keep up with him and stuff. So this part, I was just kind of like, yeah, kind of got that sense, but he's never really said it out loud.
3: Yeah, and I think Rathan is the kind of guy who's uh, who would be impressed by someone who could, like you said, like could keep up with him, who was as smart as he was, basically, and is capable. But who is I? Th- I feel like he's also the kind of guy who's not going to let that distract him generally, and who, who's used to putting emotions, st- emotional stuff to the side because he's so logical. So that could explain why, if he does have feelings like that, that we don't really hear about it. And I, and I, I like the. It's like, how had this guy managed to capture Serene, who was normally so discerning? It's just, oh, it's it's, it's, it's jealousy. It's cute and. As the coronation begins, he starts backing up because he's like, a lot of kings order their enemies incarcerated as their first royal decree, and so I don't want to be here when that happens. Or I don't want to remind him that, hey, maybe you want to capture this dude. And he even thinks, like, what if Rowden didn't die? What if he's been hiding in Lantris? Maybe he found a way to fake being in Lantrian also. Which that's, It's funny that he comes up with the, this exact opposite idea of what actually happened.
0: It's like, well, this is what I did, so maybe this guy did the
3: same thing. Hmm. It's like he was shocked by the transformation, but even more shocked about what happened after that, when everyone just declares him king anyway. For once, he shared Diloff's disgust and was amazed the people of Erlon could act so illogically. And he's like, ah, Diloff was right. If I would kept focusing on making people hate Lantrians, then they wouldn't have accepted this guy. It's, like, it's that damn deadline. Three months was just not long enough to create a stable following. Although he still has a month left, he thinks. So, you know, so he's following Dilloff, and uh, he's like, wait, he's not going back to the chapel. Where, where, where's he going? Follows him down to the market, the, then loses track of him. And all of a sudden, 100 torches turn on all around him. He's like, wait, what the? Grayson stumbles back in horror. He knew those twisted figures, arms like knotted tree branches, skin pulled tight over strange ridges and unspeakable symbols. It's kind of the first look we're getting at uh, what these things or these guys look like. The tents and merchants had been a ruse. This is why so many fjordals had come to the market despite the chaos. The invasion of Aralon was to begin a month early. Wern had sent the monks of decor.
2: Dun, dun,
3: dun. So I do like that description. It's like their bones are weird or something.
0: I sort of pictured kind of like bug men. <clears throat>
1: I uh I honestly just made me think of like a uh, a cross between Colossus and uh, and uh, oh god I can't even remember their names now uh, Inquisitor. Tantra? Oh Inquisitor. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah I definitely got Inquisitor vibes <laughs> out of these guys but obviously more twisted.
3: It, like it's skin pulled tight over strange ridges and unspeakable symbols. So there's symbols under their skin but they're unspeakable symbols. I don't even know what that means.
1: <laughs> maybe he meant. <laughs> maybe he meant. He can't illegible. pronounce it Yeah, he yeah. can't out. Pro- yeah, he can't figure it out. No, I assume he means like he knows what the symbols are, and they're so evil he doesn't even want to speak. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, okay, that makes. Sense. I mean, this this guy has like thinking of dark of dark or gives him traumatic flashbacks. Yeah. So, like uh, when he sees right. the symbols, he's probably just like, oh 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 god oh god.
1: Yeah, for him it's like Voldemort symbols. You know, it's like these symbols must not be named. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: the dark tongue of Mordor.
1: Uh, we dare not speak it.
3: We cut back to Rayodin after that, who is sleeping at Royal's mansion in his old rooms that he was given as Kalu, because his marriage, is wedding to serene is not till the next day. So you know they, they got to be separate, very That's proper.
0: Never gonna get a wedding.
3: <laughs> right? And then he hears fighting outside, leaps out of bed, throws open the balcony doors and there's fires blazing, smoke-billowing screams rising in the darkness. Throws on his jacket and runs through the mansion, turning a corner, and there's guards battling a group of dot-dot-dot demons, bare-chested, and their eyes seem to burn. They looked like men, but their flesh was rigid and disfigured, as if a carved piece of metal had somehow been inserted beneath the skin. One of Rowden's soldiers scored a hit, but the weapon left barely a mark, scratching where it should have sliced. A dozen soldiers lay dying, but the five demons looked unharmed. So, yeah, that's not good. And uh, the lead one kills one of the guards, and Rowden recognizes him. It's It says, though its body was twisted like the rest, its face was familiar. It was Diloph, the fjordal priest.
0: Right, and it's just like, we haven't met yet. I'm the king. Hi.
3: <laughs> you were there for that part. You, you So, you know. you, you know.
0: We, didn't, we didn't get formally introduced. Hi, how are you? <laughs>
3: And Diloph tells him, after they get rid of the guards, Diloph's like, bring him, speaking of Rowden. So after he punches Rowden in the stomach and Rowden falls down, gasping in pain, which remember, he still can't heal from any of this shit. So that's mean. <laughs> He's like,
0: oh, can we feel that one for the rest of my life? Yeah.
3: And then we cut to Serene. See, so yeah, our, our triad is falling apart a little bit again. And she says, make sure you deliver these tonight. As She closes a box of supplies up. And we find out that apparently she's had beggars delivering these uh, supplies, which, remember, in the last set of chapters, it was mysterious. Like, they weren't allowed to see who was delivering the supplies.
1: <laughs> and wouldn't you know, it's our number one beggar.
3: <laughs> yeah, we got uh, Hoyd.
1: The sexy drifter. Sexy drifter's back.
0: Woo-hoo. I mean, you know let He's not allowed to show his face, not even to Serene. Or yeah. like he doesn't. He doesn't let us. So he's like, oh man, I, ca- I can't let the, my sexiness get out.
1: Exactly. He's too sexy. She'll be... She'll, 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 drop, me. Yeah, she'll drop her out in like a hot potato, you know? It's like, too sexy. That sexy, sexy drifter.
3: Yeah, it says that he, his face is hidden in, a, in the darkness of his hood, and she's never seen his face. But she assumed from his voice that he was an older man. Oh, you assume wrong, girl. So now I picture him as like a Jawa. It's like... Just... <laughs>
1: Houdini! Houdini! Yeah. (laughs) What is it, Suka! They want an egg?
3: (laughs) So yeah, she's going to have these guys deliver some stuff. And Hoyt's like, these boxes are more heavy than the other boxes you've had us delivering. She's like, "Uh, yeah, here's your money. It's none of your business. What's in the boxes? Just do your shit. (laughs)
1: There was a
0: reason he had survived a decade without being caught. Box Mm. heavy. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. So how old is this guy? Like, all right, he's not a young man. Like, this... Does this take place before or after Miss This takes place before Miss Okay, so if he's an old enough dude here and then he's um, jumping over into the, onto real, it's like, yeah, yeah, how old is he?
2: Well I, I mean it, I think our friends are a little mysterious.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. the I think the sense that I'm getting anyway from what we've read of him is they're able to change like their appearance and age and stuff like that, but also, yeah. I mean, he could guess, just be doing an old man voice. he't since she's never seen his face, it's very possible he's not actually old true
3: and she's assuming that he's been here for 10 years because he's kind of the leader of the beggars who have been operating for 10 years but that's not necessarily the case yeah
0: also in yeah, like we, r- rise rise i've said i remember it's like wait he knows the shards from before they became shards he's
1: got to be super mm-hmm. old
0: yeah uh, and we know true, from yeah.
1: experience and we know from experience that he like inserts himself and becomes like kind of a like a main guy in a lot of groups randomly, so
3: Yeah, he impersonated like a terraceman man re- well enough that Ellen and Spook did not realize he was not one of them in Well yeah, of yeah. Ascension. And he was one of the leaders of that group somehow. So yeah. He's he's good at this stuff. You know, assuming that this is not just a different Hoid from the school of Hoids that uh we yeah. previously <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: theorized. <laughs> the school of Hoids. The school of Hoids. I've forgotten <laughs> about that. This Maybe one's lame.
2: Means like old mate. <laughs> yeah.
3: OK, let's see. So um, Serene is uh, going to head back, got to get ready for her wedding in the morning. She she thinks everything's finally going. Every Everything's coming up Millhouse Finally, <laughs> <laughs> we got an honorable king on the throne. I'm getting married tomorrow. Getting married in the morning or the afternoon, whatever. And then she sends Aish to tell uh, the Elantrians that their shipment is coming. And hopefully Galadon and Karada would understand why she had sent a crate full of swords, crates full of swords and bows. So, yeah, uh, there's there's our answer about what's in the crates that she wouldn't tell Hoyd. So she's going to head back uh, to Keen's house. That doesn't work quite uh, the way she might have hoped. As she gets into town, there's the screams and the smoke and uh, uh, fires billowing corpses on the cobblestones. Shirtless warriors. It was a slaughter. The strange warriors killed dispassionately, cutting down man, woman and child alike. So that's nice. And then one of them notices the carriage. And she tries to call it a warning, but it's too late. The warrior leapt, sailing an incredible distance to land on the coach horse's back. Oh, like That's actually kind of impressive when you, you picture that. He's, he jumps at them and lands just standing on the back of the horse to kill the coachman. And then she tries to get out. Coachman falls over and demon dude is uh, going to grab her. She tries to run, but not fast enough. Something grabs her ankle. This is just—we're in a horror movie now—is—is is yeah. where we're at here. So,
2: yeah, it's pretty scary.
3: The twisted figure loomed above her. She could hear it whispering in a foreign tongue, fjordal. And then something dark and massive slammed into the monster, throwing it backwards. The creature howled, but the newcomer bellowed louder. And she's like, "Keen." And so her uncle is there with an enormous axe, large as a man's chest. And smashes it into the creature's back as it wiggled across the stones, reaching for its sword. The axe did not penetrate far. That's not good. Whatever these guys have, it apparently stops weapons from really getting at them as well as they need to, is what we're learning. So Keen rips the axe back out and gives it another swing right into his face. (laughs) Swings again and again, hacking at the monster's head. While Keen yells, T.O. battle cries in his scratchy voice. Bones crunched, and finally things stopped moving. And here's, he's like, Luke will collapse the entryway as they get back to his house. Uh, finally he gets the thing that he wanted.
0: You think maybe, like, this is what Tarn, when he was Andon, wanted to do to uh, wanted to do to Raiden yeah. in that trap way, way earlier in the book. And it's like, <laughs> was, was Keen, did Keen and Tarn come from the same school of thought? It's like, now remember, <laughs> always, always have a building you can drop on him. It certainly doesn't hurt.
2: <laughs> maybe they were both pirates together. Maybe it
0: was their thing. Ooh. Yeah. One of them becomes a cook.
3: One of them becomes a sculptor. You do weird stuff when you retire from pirate life. What can you do? But apparently the lever is disguised as a sconce. And it collapses a bunch of stone into the entryway so no one can get in. No one knows what all these things are. It's like, I don't know. They just came out of nowhere and started attacking. And Keen's looking at his axe like, I swore I would never take up this cursed weapon again. And Deor is patting him on the shoulder like, it's okay. The axe has the Aeon, Aeon Reo. the character, that meant punishment. Why would a merchant need to know how to use one of those? And Keen's like, yeah, a merchant wouldn't. Serene knew of only one person who had used Aeon Reo, though he was more myth than man. They called him Dreyok, the pirate Crushed Throat. And Keen's like, yeah, that was actually, that, that was a misunderstanding. It, the name was Dreok Crushed Throat. And she goes, you hate it when you're well.
2: saying your name wrong?
3: Right. Jeez. Although it is more intimidating for a pirate if you imply he goes around crushing people's throats rather than someone did that to him. Yeah. also like, like, oh. Crush, crushed throat just does not roll off the tongue. Yeah, you're right. Like, he tried to steal the throne of Teod from my father. Keen's like, no. Dreok wanted what belonged to him. He tried to take the throne back from his younger brother, Eventeo, who stole it while he wasted his life on pleasure trips. So there is. A bunch of background in the annotations that I was going to read to y'all, because it does it's, it's not something we get more of in the book. Call me melodramatic, but I think the Keen surprise is one of my favorite in the novel. I've been foreshadowing this one from almost the beginning, and while it isn't a major part of the plot, it does ex- suddenly explain a lot about Keen's character. Keen is Evanteo's older brother. He should have inherited the throne, but he wasted his youth on pleasure voyages and exploration, visiting foreign ports while his little brother stayed behind and helped rule the kingdom. Their father was ailing, and often Iventeo would have to hold court for him and attend to other tasks of the king. Some minor crisis arrived at the same time that their father died, and Inventeo, thinking his brother unworthy of the throne, eased into the role of the king and was crowned before Keen was, was the wiser. Iventeo dealt with the problems of state and generally was a good king. When Keen got back from his latest trip, however, he was furious to find that his crown had been stolen from him. He demanded it back. Iventeo refused and, Keen, and had Keen banished. Keane, however, was popular with the military men because of the heroic figure he cut. He was the adventuring sailor, while Eventeo was the scholarly bureaucrat. Over the next few years, Keen managed to gather a naval force from pirates, deserters from Eventeo's army, and mercenary forces. It was during this time he nearly died to an accident that crushed his throat. He took the name Driok after the Aeon Rio and sailed against Tio trying to take the throne by force. Eventeo won, barely, and Keen escaped with his life, barely. He went to Erlon to recoup and plan his next invasion. However, he fell in love with Deora and slowly began to lose his hard edge. A decade or so later, we have Keen, the chef, and homemaker. I think it's a great backstory, he says, because of the questions it leaves. Eventeo did something that might have been right for his country, but something that was legally incorrect. All excuses aside, he usurped the throne. Keen would not have made a good king. He didn't have practiced administration, and he was a brusque, impetuous young man. However, the throne still should have been his. So that's that's the
0: explanation there. What do you guys think? Um, the question I have is then, when did uh, Serene meet her uncle? Like, I, it, look, it's been a while since the start of the book. I don't remember if that was their f- – I don't think that was their first meeting, but it's like no, if they – No, it definitely wasn't. So, like, if it's been this antagonistic pretty much since uh, Aventio became king – when the hell did uh, Serene ever meet Keen on, in non-hostile circumstance?
3: What we get when they first meet at the beginning of the book is her calling him Hunky K. And she has memories from when she was a very young girl of him coming back from trips and, like, bringing her presents.
0: Okay, and so so, yeah. so so the usurping happened while she was still a child.
3: Yeah, it seems like it. And so, and I think it says that he's been in Errol like, a little bit over ten years. Because he was here before all Antras fell, but it, in that section I just read it says a decade or so later we have Keen, the chef and homemaker. So he was, you know, if she's in her mid twenties, she was probably like ten or so the last time she saw him. Okay. And when this pirate thing was happening, I guess just no one told told her that Dreok Crushthroat was that was attacking and that her dad was fighting a war with basically was oh by the way that's your uncle who is trying to take the throne i don't know maybe a lot of people didn't know like if he took a new name and started a whole new thing maybe it wasn't that well known who he was
0: yeah i I feel like that's i can understand the passion but it's like doesn't seem like a great way to win back the throne if you say like i'm some random dude coming to steal it as opposed to i'm the older brother and it was stolen from me i feel like that myth is going to get more people on your side but what do i know right
3: well we know from what this said that like The soldiers, some of them were deserting to go and join him. So they at least knew.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, my guess is he was – he basically made this move to protect his daughter from that knowledge because he probably didn't – even though his uncle – her uncle had done something terrible. It's like they were definitely hiding it from her specifically because they didn't want her to, like, hate her uncle. That would be my guess.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and there's another section here that I want to read, but uh, we'll see if it comes up in the text before we get there. We cut back to Diloth in the chapel, and Dilloff is lecturing Horathan now. He's like, this is how you deal with heretics. And Horathan's like, but dude, you're you're massacring the entire town. Like, what's the point? Well, where's the glory for Jadeth in this? So Dilloff screams, do not question me. His eyes blazing. His raging zeal had finally been released. And so it turns out that this guy, uh, he is the graduate, the leader of the monastery, and uh, one of the only two ranks that outranks a gyorn. So you either have to be Viking Pope or you have to be the leader of a monastery to outrank a gyorn. And usually you don't even worry about leaders of monasteries because they stay in their monasteries and don't bother Gjorns. So it doesn't matter who they rank or don't rank. Yeah, Apparently that has changed.
0: I vaguely recall back at the start of the book, they're just like, oh, yeah, it's the Gjorns and then Werns. So it threw me a bit when it's like, oh, the Gjorns are above us. What? And then yeah. they explain it. So. No! <laughs> when
3: well, the Gjorns and the Gregdets or whatever, they both kind of, the way it described it earlier, was that they're both
0: directly under Wern. Yeah. So yeah. it seems like the the Gjorns are the guys who are boots on the ground, actually going places, and the Gregdets look after things at home.
3: Yeah. But I think this is the first that we're hearing that, oh, yeah, also, they kind of technically outranked the Gjorns. Yeah. So Diloph is now also bare-chested, and Hraithan can see the twisted patterns that have been hiding beneath his robes. covered in bones. Yeah. The lines and curves that ran like veins beneath his skin, they were bones. So it's just, it's like, it says the decor is the order of bone. So I guess, I don't know if, there's new bones under his skin or if the existing bones have like been twisted and inscribed with symbols or somehow or i don't know it's weird is what
0: it is yeah man would like to see the the, the cancer having having a go at replicating one of these guys be like oh jesus <laughs> right so
3: a few months after a boy was initiated into decor his bones started to grow and twist adopting strange patterns like those now visible beneath diloph's skin somehow each of those patterns gave its bearer abilities such as and speed and strength. So it's almost, it's like a written magic, kind of like Aeons, but inscribed into their bones magically.
1: Ugh.
3: Which, yeah. Mm. And Wraithen has like a flashback, images of priests chanting over him, memories of awesome pain of his bones reshaping. It had been too much, the darkness, the screams, the torment and Horathan had left after just a few months to join a different monastery. Yeah, I don't blame you. Like, now, knowing a little more about... No, that's fucked up. I wouldn't want to be there either. They're tattooing my bones. Ugh. And it's not even just tattooing. It's like they grow. Dead. Yeah. Ugh.
0: Tattooing is where it starts.
3: And so, he's like, you were, you've were, you been Fjordal all this time? And Dala's like, really, you should have suspected. It's way easier to imitate an Aralene-speaking Fjordal than it is for someone from Aralene to actually learn the holy language so perfectly. He's like, oh, Horathan, you never did understand your place, did you? Viking Pope didn't send you here to convert Errolon. I know your orders. Reread that letter sometime. He didn't send you to convert them. He sent you to let the people know of their impending destruction. If you were a distraction, something for people to focus on while I prepared for the invasion. Which, that's a little bit mean, just to Hraithan, who apparently has been one of their most efficient dudes. And also, he almost succeeded. So... Just being like, now ah, you're just a distract the distraction is really not giving him much credit that he probably deserves, but uh, apparently they always plan to murder everyone anyway, so. The people were never to be saved, weren't always intended to destroy Erlon. He needs such a victory to ensure his grip on the other countries. Our control of Dooladel is tenuous, and the world needs to know what happens to those who blaspheme against Jadeth. And Diloff's hatred of Elantris is coming into it at the same time. He's like, this people is unholy. Only Aerelians and Teos can become Elantrians. If we destroy them forever, then we we'll destroy Elantris forever. Although we know that uh, Dooladels can also sometimes become Elantrians. And Herathan's like, you're really going to murder an entire nation of people? And Diloth pulls in aliens, and he's like, it's the only way to be sure. Nuke them from orbit. <laughs> okay, so she doesn't come up in the chapter. Okay, so the other the other bit of the annotations on this chapter is back to Tarina, Shuden's uh, fiance, Ahan's daughter. So in the original draft, Torina was Evanteo's spy in Errolon. If you remember the conversation that Serene and Evanteo had earlier, where she's like, "Who's your spy?" And he's like, "I'm not gonna tell you. You'll just try to use them for your own stuff." Huh? So, yeah, that was Torina, and uh, she was originally gonna have a bigger part in the book. She was kind of gonna be kind of like Serene's BFF. A lot of that got changed and cut. And it also he said that it also felt when you got to the Tarina reveal and she she like shows up to help rescue Serene or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it said, but he felt like this was one too far in just twists and people's (laughs) secret hidden pasts and whatever. It's like this one wasn't necessary. The whole keen thing. That's interesting. That has been built up the whole book and stuff. The Torina thing is not as interesting, basically.
0: So it doesn't get mentioned at all in the book?
3: No, I don't think she shows up again. Uh. And so canonically, I guess at this point, she might or might not be the spy. But when that was written, that was who the spy was supposed to be.
0: Was that in the draft with the crazy brother and his weird beheadings? Yeah, probably.
3: (laughs) And so it says, so I cut most of the Torina parts and I'm glad that I did. My early alpha reader said that the worst part about the book was how all the surprises at the end interfere with each other. It's like looking back, some of the things I did were embarrassing. I was adding surprises just for the sake of surprises, and that's always a bad idea. We want to find out about Keen because we like him and we're interested in him. We don't really care about Tarina. I mean, that's that's kind of on you, Brandon. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's where he comes back. and He's like, in my defense, I originally intended for Tarina to have a bigger role, be a friend for Serene, kind of like a, 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 a sidekick with Aish. But there were already too many people hanging out with Serene, so I couldn't work in enough stuff with her.
1: Yeah, Serene's baby way too popular.
2: <laughs> the baby agrees.
1: <laughs> so we move into... Every our... time
2: I unmute, that's when she decides to talk.
3: Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> she knows. She's like, I know when I'm muted. Uh... So, Rowden awoke to new pains. Scratches, bruises, and something at the back of his head. He feels himself being picked up and thrown onto a saddle. The horse is taken off. Somebody goes, wake up, Elantrian. And they, he, they took him to Keen's house. And Dilaw's like, I know you hear me, princess. Look who I have. Let's make a deal. And inside, Keen's like, you realize that we can't negotiate with him, right? And so he's like, yeah, I know. I just, I want to, I want one last chance to say goodbye. And Keen's like, okay, let's go up to the roof. But if there's any bows, then we're locking ourselves back in. He does not know how serious this situation is. And he has underestimated them severely. So they get up there. Serene's opening her mouth to say goodbye, and Diloph's like, go! And there's some monks hanging out on the roof, hiding. Or no, I'm sorry, hiding at the base of the building. They leap up the walls, foot seeming to stick as they found tiny footholds between the bricks and arrow slits. And several monks were already in place, hanging from the back of the rooftop. So they grab her. They grab everyone. And Diloph's like, get me, get me your sail. We're not hiding any of this shit at this point. And uh, he, Diloph calls King Evanteo, Eventail's like, I don't know you. Who, who the fuck are you calling me in the middle of the night? was like, well, I'm the man who has your daughter, so maybe you show me some respect. I'm Greg Dead of Decor Monastery, and Eventail's like, oh,
0: f- uh, that's not good. This is the person I do not want my daughter hanging out with. And uh, Eventail uh, proves how much he knows about other cultures, because he doesn't just go, what the fuck's a Greg Dent? Right?
2: Yeah, he knows. He knows.
1: <laughs> it's true, he's already done all the required reading. Since he said he's going to join up. <laughs> yep.
0: They, said, they sent him his uh, his, his Viking Bible.
3: <laughs> was anyone surprised he's... when Dilloff is just like, I'm going to arrive in Tiras one hour from now. Be ready.
2: Yeah, I was trying to do the math on that. I was like, I'm sure Sereni came by boat, and I'm sure it's not an hour on a boat <laughs> to get to Tio. How is he going to go? And I mean, yeah, if he's using the door, I think Raiden may be do something... I know every time I hear the door, I'm like, I picture a door. (laughs) (laughs) um, Especially when you've got like the two of them struggling on either side of the door, using it (laughs) (laughs) inside my head. I think maybe Raiden had moved things from like one side of a room to another. So I guess it kind of makes sense that it's doable, but it is a different magic, I think. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. I mean... We end up finding out it requires sacrifice to do it. So. Mm.
1: Yeah, which what a what a sacrifice to make. Be like, hey man, we gotta get somewhere real quick. Uh, so I'm gonna need you to die. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> who's paying the price? Who's paying the toll on this one?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think the the most screwed up one is like later when he's like, ah, I knew you were bad when you could have like made a 15 minute walk, but instead you killed a guy to get somewhere.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yep. Yep. So. There was a discussion between Riodin and Galadon earlier in the book, about 50% of the way through. There is an Aeon that can teleport you, and he tells Galadon it's actually super dangerous because you have to tell it exactly how far to send you. And if Mm, you tell it to send you 10 feet that way, it will send you 10 feet that way, even if it happens to be a stone wall that you'll appear in the middle of. So it's not something you mess around with. So it is something that you can do with Aeons, at least.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) Dulloch's like, just kill someone. It's more precise. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the dead person navigates this. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. it's, l- it's like when Sexy Drifter uses that body. <laughs> his ghost boat. Yeah, his ghost boat. <laughs> spanky, I think. Yeah. Call
2: That's right. We called him Spanky.
1: Yeah. Ghost boat Spanky, new band name I call it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, he's just like, one hour, have your people uh, wake your soldiers, get them on your boats. I'm going to be there. And Raythan's like, you're gonna kill all the TOs too? <laughs> I like his response. He's like, well, no, I'm not. Others get to kill all them. I just get to kill the king. So we're gonna the burn the ships fights. with the soldiers on them. Just this is this is all in like one night this is happening, it's kind of messed up.
0: Yeah, if you thought last night when Royal died, it was fucked up, just oh man.
3: <laughs> it's true. Oh goodness. And Raythan's like, dude, I had Evan already. Like, this is not necessary. He's like, you may have converted him, but he, you're simple-minded if you think he'd actually allow our troops on his soil. And Raiden's like, this is real. This is just about you and how much you hate Elantris, isn't it? I'm like, I I seriously don't know how much of this is uh, – how much of this is signed off on by Viking Pope? Like, was this all part of the plan? And Viking Pope was like, yeah, we definitely need to kill all these people. Or is this Diloff's idea where he's like, no, we're going to kill everyone?
1: I don't know. It seems like it's probably his idea, like, and, and Wern's, like – all right, it makes us mighty. That's fine. You do you, man. Like, that's why I put <laughs> in charge of that monastery. You know what you're doing.
3: Ugh. And he's just like, don't question me, Rathan. The decorer outside of the law, I will not hesitate to kill you. And then kind of as an afterthought, he's like, all right, Rowden, you're still here. Forgot about you. Shove a
2: sword through your stomach. So, yeah, that sucks. I was like, oh, man, he's going to feel every bit of that for eternity. Ugh.
1: Yeah. Why does everybody always shove a sword through the stomach, too? That's that's two of Serene's bows who just got got swords shoved through their stomachs.
3: Being in stabbing height, Last body mass
1: there,
3: Rowden kind of collapses as Serene screams. And we get a section of him just like uh, uh, kind of psychedelic as he disappears into agony and he falls down. And his he now he is among the Hoed and his mantra is failed. My love failed my love, which that's sad. And the monk's like, okay, what do we do with uh, everyone else after he says that they're bringing Serene? And Dilov's like, gather everybody. Take them into Elantris. You'll find the Elantrians near the center of the city in a place that seems more clean. I don't know how he knew that. Like, who told him about New Elantris? There's fucking rumors, man.
2: A <laughs> <The> seance. <sounds.
3: laughs> and uh, the monk's like, oh, yeah, well, no, we already found them. It's all good. They are efficient killing machines. He hisses again here, but it's a happy hiss. he does it's a pleasure he's a snake so we got lord voldemort
0: yeah we're just there lord voldemort made of bone. actually the hissing could just be the wind whistling through (laughs) gaps in the bone. it's true it's like
1: (laughs) he's like could you stop doing that it's not me (laughs) i'm not uh i'm not doing that voluntarily it's a side effect
3: he's like make sure you gather up all the bodies because Elantrians don't die as easily as normal men and we don't want anyone to escape once you got everyone in place Bodies, Elantrians, and future Elantrians, meaning anyone else in K, say the purification rites and burn them all. And he's like, okay, here, Ethan, come on, we're going to TRS. And move into our last chapter, which is a Galadon viewpoint, at least to start with. That's new. And Galadon and Karada are hiding over in the shadows, watching shit go down. And after everyone else leaves in there, they come up to him and hear his little Hoed mantra. And uh, the the last hour had been a horror. Galadon and Karada had been at the library planning how to lead the people away from Elantris. They heard the screams even at that distance. And by the time they got there, everyone there had already become Hoed. So basically, as far as they know, they're the last two walking, talking Elantrians at this point. And Karada's like, come on, we got to go. Galadon's like, no, I have a promise to keep looking up the mountain towards where the pool is. He's like, Rauden made me vow to give him peace. And after I see to him, I'm going to do the same for myself. We're the last ones, and there's no room for us in this world. That's sad. Oof. And then we had a Lugal point of view, and with how, like, pithy and, like, jokey he usually is, this is a really depressing point of view for him where he's just like, yep, we're all going to die, and there's nothing we can do about it. And I like the part where it's like, yeah, none of us really fought back. Uh, they didn't have any trouble except for Keen, who fought back real hard. They'd, like, knock him out and tie him up, and he still gets a kick in at the people <laughs> walking by. And so Lucal knew that they were marching towards their own executions. They were here to commit a massacre, and no massacre would be complete with victims left alive. Then we get Hraithan and, and Dil off. They're hanging out with uh, in a circle of 50 monks and one monk in the center. We're doing a ring-around-the-rosy type of deal. The monks began to glow, the bone inscriptions beneath their skin shining. A jarring sensation, and then Kay vanished. And they reappeared, reappeared in an unfamiliar city, which we, is Teoras. The man in the the center of the circle uh, did not make the trip. That monk had been fueled. His flesh and soul burned away, a sacrifice in return for their instantaneous transportation. Yeah, that's hardcore. Like, Diloph chooses a roof for everyone to climb, and one of the monks picks up Harithin and throws him over his shoulder and carries him up there, despite his plate armor, which he is now wearing. Then they just drop him onto the roof, (laughs) like, whatever. And Diloph's like, we're early. We'll wait a bit. Because, yeah, I guess it didn't take him nearly an hour to gather up
0: and go. So rain's just getting in the eye. Yeah, you know, what, I don't blame her. No, yeah, no, not the slightest.
3: Then we cut back to Galadon, who is kicking himself for having been taken in by Ryodin and his optimism. Man, I should just kept sitting in the damn street. Shouldn't let this guy trick me. <coughs> Dolo Kinsule, you certainly made a mess of me. And I, like... It says Galadon had stood amid the carnage, screaming at Raoden for abandoning them, for leaving them behind. The prince had betrayed them for serene, which I don't think is entirely fair, Galadon. But OK, the, I, I kind of skipped over the part where we get details on, uh, you know, people's arms and legs missing and faces crushed by
0: rocks. And I
3: don't think we need to go into the-
2: that was awful. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to revisit that.
0: I'm sure Maurice is still out there somewhere. He's just uh, cr- he's created a dummy of himself. <laughs> like he's 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 just invented that somehow uh, life, and, life uh model now, decoy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and now he's roaming the countryside free as a bird.
3: <laughs> so, yep, Gallon and carada are carrying and up the mountain. They have to rest every once in a while because uh they're still, you know, weak and weak-muscled Elantrians. We cut back to Lucal, who is elantris was dark. They're all being held prisoner and there's a bunch of fjordals gathering up an enormous pile of wood. Got to gotta get your, a good fire going to burn all these people. Lucal had tried to convince his wife to plead for freedom because she was sportish, but she would not go. That's that's bold. Only Aiden stands apart from the family, staring at the pile of lumber. And then, I you notice for, I completely yeah. forgotten about this guy. Right. We find out some interesting stuff in this chapter about him, but yeah, we, he, he is kind yeah. of easily forgettable. He doesn't show up that often.
1: So I hadn't forgotten about him. I, in fact, I, you know, I kept wondering. I wonder if we're ever going to find out what his deal is. But then when we find out, I'm kind of even more confused. So. Yeah, right? Like, did they did they know he was an Elantrian, and they just disguised him as a normal person so that he could stay with them?
3: Yes, that like, is exactly what happened, basically, is he woke up one morning, transformed, and his family's like, Yeah, we're not telling anyone and getting him sent in into Elantris. Fuck that. Yeah. And it exp- it's foreshadowed because we've had several times where Keane's family is suspiciously knowledgeable about what Elantrians are like.
1: Right. And that's what I was about to say. That would make sense then because his, even his young kids knew like, no, that's Elantrians. Yeah. That's how they are. They don't eat. It's like, yeah, yeah no, Aiden's an Elantrian. He doesn't eat.
0: Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't, that hadn't occurred to me. It was like, okay. Or he doesn't
1: yeah. need the food or whatever. Yeah. That, that makes sense.
2: I mean, he doesn't need it, but surely he's hungry. But yeah, he
1: eats it, I'm ho-ed? sure, but he doesn't need it. It seems like he is Hoed. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think I he is. He,
2: he is not like, he's, he's not going right, to mind. But his mind seems broken, though. Obsessed with sticks.
3: So, yeah, what. And and Brandon has written subsequently that uh, he feels bad about how he wrote this extremely stereotypically and has tried to improve that in later. But basically, he's severely autistic. And oh, and so then that, he became that's,
0: that's an Elantrian.
3: Yeah, and then he became an Elantrian. That makes sense.
0: Okay. So and now the thing that gets me is like, all right, so the family all knew he was an Elantrian. Uh, Casey runs her mouth all the damn time. I am astonished she never once let that. Right. right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, yeah. I
1: would assume this was probably the family's most guarded secret. And they told them, like, you can't ever tell anyone or they will take your brother away. Like, you can't say anything about it.
0: Yeah. So yeah she she just doesn't seem to think before she talks a lot of the time. So I was like, oh, you got, all right, you did well then. No yeah I mean I I I agree.
3: I would have expected Casey would not be able to keep her mouth shut. I have known lots of young girls who they that are like that. They get going and stuff just flies out that they know they're not supposed to say. But we don't actually I mean they're homeschooled. We don't actually know how much they interact with people who aren't their family, honestly. That's true. Anyway, Lucal notices shooting in uh, over there starting to make do some movements like the little the the dance thing that we saw him do once upon a time and Lucal can tell that he's getting ready to fight and he practices this this thing for exercise not for combat but he's he's like i i this guy's not gonna let everyone be murdered without doing something he'd rather die struggling than sit and wait and Lucal feels ashamed by this his eyes find a table leg that one of the soldiers has dropped nearby and he goes when shooting fights he's not going to do it alone Probably completely pointless, but, I mean, you're going to die either way, so why not at that point? Yeah. We go back to Rowden, who's floating in agony, basically, getting flashes of Galadon and Karada and the mountain, but not caring about any of it. And then we cut back to Wraithan and Diloph, and we get Diloph's backstory, where, yeah, Rowden found this story once upon a time of a person, they they made the healing aeon missing one of the basic lines, and it turned them into something that sounded very much like an Elantrian, it turns out that this woman was Diloff's wife and it's, he was sent to Errolon changed. My body had been twisted and destroyed to fit the mold of an Errolene. So they magicked him to look like he was from Errolon and young because it's, he's nearly 70, but he looks like 20 still. So they sent him to Errolon. He says, I was already 50 years old back then. So around 20 years ago, they sent him to Errolon to start spying or getting ready for the eventual destruction or who knows exactly meets a woman falls in love. She marries him, even though, you know, he feels like he's so twisted. His beauty was destroyed to make him look like an aeroline, but whatever she, she was fine with it.
0: Yeah. which she had loved him
3: as a barn monster. Ugh. Yeah. She got sick and he took her to a Lantris knowing that it was blasphemous Even 40 years as a decor wasn't enough to keep me away when I thought that they could save her. They said the spell went wrong, but I know the truth. They knew me and they hated me. Why did they have to put their curse on her? She screamed at night, yelling that the pain was eating her from the inside, and eventually threw herself off the city wall. I found her at the bottom, still alive, still alive despite the fall, and I burned her. She never stopped screaming. She screams still. I can hear her, and she will scream until Elantris is gone. Which damn. Okay. Like,
2: that's a horrible way to live. That's a horrible torment. Yeah. God. And it's yeah, really can't. traumatizing. Like even for someone like DLAF, that's awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Murdermuck needs therapy. Yeah, he needs serious
3: therapy. I, I I get it now why he hates Elantris so much, the whole book, but jeez. That's that's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, we cut back to I mean Galadon and Karate just resting again one last time before they throw people in the pool. Rauden, and then him, Galadon, and maybe Crota also. And then we cut back to Lucal. He's watching them pile up the Elantrian bodies, and Aiden decides that he's going to walk out there. This is just a strange picture. This kid, like, walking out. Somebody slashes him with a sword, and there's no blood. And he just kind of flops down in the pile of Elantrians. After Aiden's secret of five years had been revealed, he had joined his people.
1: Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Man.
2: did he want to be with them this whole time like that's awful
3: that's a really good question like we we have no access to like what he's thinking really and we come back to Diloph being like I remember you Wraithen, As you, I remember you as a boy when you came to us just before I left Farallon you were frightened then as you were frightened now you ran from us and I watched you go with satisfaction you're far too weak and Raithen's like what really you were there it's like I was gragged it already don't you remember me He's like, yeah, you were the one who convinced me to leave in my third month. Here's what Joe's talking about. You demanded one of your monks use his magic to send you to Warren's palace. He gave up his life to transport you a distance. You could have walked in 15 minutes. And I like, yeah, you know, well, absolute obedience is required. And sometimes you got to make an example to bring loyalty from the rest. I don't see how that would make the rest more loyal that they know you might demand they sacrifice themselves for a stupid fucking reason. But whatever.
1: Yeah, that seems to just be saying, like, I don't give a shit about any of you.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
3: Whatever. He's like, okay, right, come on. The Teo Armada has docked. They will not be able to stop our fleet. I have one duty left, the death of King Evan Teo. And here's where we get back to Rowden's mind, and he starts to come up with something. He sees Aeon Reo, which his name is clearly based on, a large square with four circles around it, lines connecting to the center, a widely used Aeon especially among the Karathi for its meaning, spirit, soul. He realized that Elantris, with its four walls, forms a square and the four outer cities surrounding it, their border circles with straight lines leading to Elantris. He feels he has figured something out. Not that he can say anything. Then we see, go back to Lukul, the soldiers are pouring barrels of oil on the bodies. Three shirtless warriors standing to the side, singing a chant. Not just singing, that would be weird. It's like yo-ho-ho ho, and a bottle of rum. <laughs> Gonna
0: build me a pile, gonna set it on fire, <laughs> gonna throw the parties on, and we'll all have a drink. Mm. Back to King
3: Evan, Teo. Like, we're really just jumping. Yeah. <sighs> and Hraithen and Diloph are there, ready to do their thing. And Hraithen is still conflicted. He's like, I, you know, we're we're doing what Wern apparently wants us to do. The Fjordal Empire is gonna win, but I was supposed to save these people, not slaughter them all. He, he does not like what's going on, basically. And Diloph is over here whispering, like, you, princess, are a disease. Before you came, even the airlines hated Elantris. You're worse than they are. You're one who's not cursed but seeks to be cursed. I considered killing your father first and making you watch, but now I see it will be much worse the other way around. Think of old Evanteo watching you die, princess. Ponder that image as I send you to Jadeth's eternal pits of torment. Which I don't know that we'd heard he had eternal pits of torment before, but I buy it. It sounds on par.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's, yeah,
3: that's very Jadeth. <laughs> yeah back to raiden who's trying to call his way out of his own mind because he thinks that he's come up with an idea and he he needs to actually try to do it but he can't get back in control because of the pain and he feels himself being pulled towards something round and blue the pool and he's like no not yet i know the answer Rayodin screams suddenly twitching galan was so surprised that he dropped the body and stumbled forward trying to get his footing and fell directly into the pool and that is the end of our section. Oh, that's shit. unfortunate.
0: Jeez. Oh well, why could I figure this out before we got here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thankfully, uh, you know after this uh, fine episode of our podcast, we can just finish it.
2: Yeah, yeah
3: no joke. So yeah, what do you guys let's let's do predicaments. What do you guys think? Uh, we got three chapters and an epilogue left. what is uh, how's this gonna go?
0: Okay i brayden's not dying in the pool i feel like he's unlocked like some secret he's figured out uh he's gonna now he's gonna see what like what what actually happens in the pool why people dissolve and he's sort of going to use that power come back out and he's going to have full access to the elantrian magic so he's probably going to go uh zip 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 straight everywhere he needs to go and save people and yeah he, i don't i don't know the, like the how or the why of it but he's basically gonna have. Use all the Elantrian magic to show up and do what he needs to do, and he's going to save everyone. He's going to Superman his way through it. Mm, okay. Yeah. My, I, my predictions from last time still stand. <laughs>
1: I um, I think he's going to... I, I think to die in the pool, you have to be willing to die. I think maybe that's part of the magic of it. It's like, because, you know, if they had ceremonies in that pool, it, it seems unlikely that Elantrians would be like, all right, just shove them in there. So I almost wonder if maybe they themselves would walk into the pool and lay somebody who is ready to pass on into the pool and they had to be like willing to to basically end their life. Because that would make sense in their system of magic. Like if somebody just decided like, you know, I've lived a long time. I'm ready to to leave. Um, I feel like I've done everything I need to do. So maybe the pool is more about like you have to have some kind of willingness to to be gone um, for it to, for its magic to work. So I think maybe he'll be in the pool, and then it'll be kind of like a funny moment of like, oh, nothing happened. Well, good, I, I figured it out, guys. And and then yeah, I I kind of agree with Dak. There's going to be like some kind of magical, mythical way to to basically make everything better. Uh, it'll be like you know a guy that we all know and like. He sticks both his arms uh, into a power, and then becomes really powerful, and then uh, makes everything right again. You know, it'll be it'll be it'll be like that. Something, I mean, I I don't, I've never read a story like that, I don't think, but uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be like that. Okay. So kind
3: of, kind of along the same lines, Dak was thinking.
1: Yeah, I was making a joke about uh, the Mistborn books, but nobody left, so I guess. I'm <laughs> on.
2: So I think, uh, I missed part of Joe's prediction, so I'm sorry if I come up with other with something similar. But I do think that Raiden is going to magically save the day. We're going to go optimistic and say that he's going to. He, I think he's the first one who's been able to get a moment of clarity out of being Howard. So I sort of agree that, he, you know, once you're in the pool, like willingly you've got to want to go. I think he'll be able to, you know, effectively breach the surface again after being in there. I'm kind of hoping that if he manages to emerge that he would just be healed or restored or or something about what he can do in there unlocks the rest of the door somehow, fixes it, or gives him enough opportunity to be able to fix it. And, yeah, he'll be able to do something crazy superhero magic-like um, <laughs> to save everybody in the end or everybody that's left. I think we still will be okay with that. Possibly because we, we've had a few a few mentions of time as well and, and you know, I didn't really think about Serenie's hair being as a, you know, sort of jumping forward in time of what that particular object is like. But he's also talked about being time, I guess, like floating and was just time. So I don't know, maybe he'll be able to rewind some time to get them what they need to get things fixed. Uh, I'm not sure it might do a, you know, a time turner situation and be able to run around (laughs) and fix things. I'm not quite sure there, but maybe maybe we'll get something like that. Sorry, Bubby, you just had to wait a minute. My other my other thoughts is that Dilaf caused the original, is it the Rayod?
3: Rayod, yeah, with the the fall Rayard? interest, basically, yes. yeah.
2: Yeah. So I mean, he maybe knew enough about the magic. I mean, he knew that the line was drawn incorrectly. If he knew what Sereni knew about it being based on the 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 landscape and the map, uh-huh. he knew sort of what Sereni knew. Maybe he knew if he disrupted the landscape, they would draw the lines wrong, and that would curse them. Maybe he was happy with that for a while, but didn't um, count on them all living forever. I don't know. Maybe that just wasn't enough now. Bought him some time. They could live cursed like his wife did for a bit, and then he can end them all so it doesn't happen again. don't know, but mm. he's definitely got some some magic knowledge and, you know, mysterious abilities that I reckon if anyone could pull it off, Dilaf could. Maybe Raiden will be able to, in the pool, look at what else has changed and fix it, draw the lines correct again, and he's good to go. So, mm, okay. yeah, but that's, that's my thoughts for the the rest of the book. I think, I think we will, I don't think Evan Tio will die. I think Serenia will die. I mean, if we lost Serene and Raiden, that's a pretty sad way to end the book.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know, no, that would be a downer. You're right.
2: <laughs> Galadon's adventures or, you know, everyone's gone. And then Hoyt is just left. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Drift on to another place. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: I'd read the Galadon adventures. That sounds fun.
2: It does sound fun. I mean, because he he's a dual and he's famous for everything. So, <laughs> you know, bit of a bit of a downer as well. Maybe the, traveling through the Cosmere <laughs> to have his spirits lifted. I don't know. This
1: just a there's a there's a bunch of good spin off opportunities. Uh, like the adventures of Dreok. Yeah. Galadon.
2: Maybe maybe Keen decides to pick up the axe again and, and, and Keen and Galadon will sail the seas. I would read that.
3: Yeah, no, I, 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 I think you're right. Galadon is a, a depressing enough guy that you need somebody else there. Like he Not by himself. He needs somebody to lighten him up a little bit. Absolutely. I don't know that Dreyarch Crushthroat Throat is a good person to lighten him up exactly, but uh, somebody. Uh, okay, I guess let's. Uh, we got one email this week that I'm going to read real quick. It's a, it's a very short one, so if I can find it, there we go. It's from Jordan, and Jordan says, So Spotify is doing a thing where they create a playlist based on what you listen to in 2021. I'm actually a Spotify Premium member, but thanks to y'all, my top three songs for 2021 are all Miracle of Sound. So thanks. But actually thanks, <laughs> because they're great. That's it. <laughs> so thanks, Jordan. Glad that yeah, you discovered that's some all, good music.
1: That's all data. He, he picks all the music, so.
3: Yeah, it's all on me. I do love Miracle of Sound, though, so, you know, it's just uh, it glad, that right. you, glad that you're enjoying it. If anyone else would like to send us an email, the address is thesandalanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube is uh, mostly caught up. I guess since we recorded an episode yesterday, I can't call it fully caught up anymore, but we're, we're mostly there. So.
0: I, feel like, I feel like the emails have
3: dried up a bit, this book. No, you're right, and I think that uh, – I think part of it is Elantris is not as popular as, like, the Mistborn books, so – and there's not as much maybe meat that we've talked about that people can chime in on. It'll be interesting to see what happens when we get into some other stuff.
1: Mm, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that
3: for next time. We are going to read the remaining three chapters, 61, 62, and 63 plus the epilogue. And I almost said the whole rest of the book, but that's not technically true because for the episode after that, we're going to read some other stuff that's at the back of the book. So just as a tease here, we're not reading this yet, but there's a, uh, after the epilogue, a section called the Ars Arcanum, which is also in the Mistborn books. But there's two parts of the Ars Arcanum. There's a section called On Aeon Door, and there's a section called List of Aeons. We're going to be read the On Aeon Door section. You don't have to read the List of Aeons. But uh, so that's kind of – it has some interesting – I remember Chris that we met wrote all of these uh, Ars Arcanums in the various books. So she's got some interesting commentary on how the magic in this world works and uh, – some she brings in some a little outside knowledge to maybe help us understand some of the stuff that's going on so in the next episode that'll be some of what we talk about and also in your 10th anniversary editions there is and i don't know if it appears in your table of contents at all but after the ars arcanum there's deleted scenes uh, where you can't find the mad Print stuff if you want to read that we won't talk about that on the show but then there's a post script and then in my in my table of contents, it jumps directly to about the author after the postscript, but there's actually a very small section in between the postscript and the about the author that is secretly hiding in there that we're also going to be reading for that next episode after uh, we finish the book. So, oh man, we got we to gotta do some digging. Ooh, see, yeah, there's
2: there's,
3: yeah. there's 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 some tiny hidden gems inside the end of the book. And then after that, we're going to move over <laughs> to a, sh- a short story from Arcanum Unbounded that, uh happens at the same time as the last few chapters of this – or actually, I guess Mm. at the same time as what we're reading now is the short story happening uh, with some other characters.
1: Sexy Drifter Hoyt. uh,
3: So it'll be – it's called The Hope of Elantris is the name of the short story. So that's Mm. another thing we're going to be reading, and I don't feel bad about, like, revealing all this stuff ahead of time because it's – anyone who knows – We couldn't put The Hope of Landris anywhere else. It's happening at the same time as this. Hmm. Uh, So it wouldn't make sense to read it at any other time other than next. So, yeah, that's where we're going. Anyway, before next time, three chapters in the epilogue and then stop there. Don't read further in the book because that will be for the next episode. Okie dokie. Fair enough. So, yep, uh, we're right at the end of this book. It's very exciting. And then, like I said, the Hope of Elantris. And then what are we moving on to after that? It's a secret.
1: Oh, secret tunnel through the
3: mountains. <laughs> we'll, well, we'll announce that at, on uh, on that episode where we do the Ars Arcanum and the Hope of Elantris short story and stuff. We will let everyone know what we're reading next. Very exciting. We're moving on to some other something else once again. So, cool. yep, that's that's what's coming in the near future. Music by Miracle of Sound. Thank you, everyone, so much for sticking with us through pretty much all of Elantris now, and I hope you're all as excited as I am to get into the interesting and magical, mysterious stuff that is happening elsewhere in the Cosmere. We're uh, going to jump jump around again before too long to other planets and things. It's a very exciting time. And like I said last time, we're probably going to end up returning to Skadriel sooner than I'd originally intended, but that's not to say that that's next or anything it's just that we were going to spend like two months on the white sand graphic novels and now we're pushing that back a little bit so it moves everything else up a couple months mm. so yeah anyway
0: <laughs> crazy
3: yeah you, you, you know I'm, I'm, I'm uh you guys are just like whatever we don't really we didn't know anything about what the schedule was before so <laughs> yeah. well, that doesn't tell us jack yep. but yeah so. i'm just flying <laughs> by the seat
1: down. of me pants
3: so, uh, what's the
0: schedule it's secret Yep.
3: Okay. <laughs> but
0: I, when I we started this
3: episode, I ordered Dak and Jamie the next full novel that we're going to be reading, so y'all will get that in the mail soon, Ooh. and then we will know what at least what full book we're going to next. There's some short stories in yeah. between, so as long as oh, me, probably actually
0: gives it me. Me. to us. Yeah. Well, oh yeah.
3: Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and uh, hanging out with us, <laughs> and wasing to the time of next, everyone. Colo. Yeah. I, oh. I, I, I got it.
1: <laughs> My bad.
2: I mean, look, I've been watching a lot of uh, cooking shows and baking shows and things on, on Netflix at the moment. I have uh, a fair amount of time where I am feeding small child and, and not doing anything else. Nope. So that's pretty good. Man, Crush Throat's taking on the seas or something. What an epic cooking show. <laughs> I would work oh my shit out of that. Oh my gosh, that's, that would be amazing.
1: Pirate Today on lamb. Crush Throat, you will have to prepare octopus, but not just any octopus. This octopus has been swallowed by a giant squid. Begin!
3: <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Like, uh, elimination that would, be a thing. would be brutal. <laughs> yeah, they just, just, you get fed to the
1: giant squid. He just punts them off the ship. Yeah, just like they all have to walk off a plank as soon as the show starts.
2: You have the weakest dish of the day. Walk the plank.
1: <laughs> Winner
3: gets
0: an extra tot of rum.
3: Yeah. Now, now we need a pi- <laughs> just a pirate themed cooking show where you have to walk the plank when you lose it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. It's like the floor is lava,
1: but with but with a cooking show. <laughs> People are just must- dramatically like. No.
0: Today you must cook. You must prepare the shark for cooking before the shark prepares you. <laughs> <laughs>